Ksuvas, Perik Yud, Mishnah Vav, 10, 6, the last of Perik, and once again we're talking about how to allocate an estate from a husband if there are multiple claimants. Um, this one is a little more involved uh, in as much as I think a, a diagram would be helpful if you can, or even just a pen and paper to make your own diagram to keep track of things, but it's not too bad. Um, the case of the Mishnah is, Misha Hayanasui Shtei Nashim. You have a man, he has two wives, so let's just say each wife therefore has a Ksuba of 200 Zuz, and let's say the only thing he has is a field, and that field is worth 200 zuz also. So already there's not enough to go around. But he had this one field. Now the field was, of course, Meshubad. It was um, effectively leaned to both women's ksubas. But since there's a two wives, one will be seen as the other. We'll call the first wife, wife A, and the second wife, wife B. And A's claim is senior to B's claim. So therefore, if he would die um, right now, so A would get the field for 200, and B would be left with nothing. Um, but what happens is... Um, this fellow ends up selling the field to a third party. We'll call him Mr. C. So now, the husband has nothing now. And therefore, there's nothing to satisfy his wives directly if they should claim on their ksubas, let's say when he dies. But since he did have that field, even when he sells it, their rights would encumber the field so they could then go back. At least wife A could go back to Mr. C and say, listen, you bought that field, but I'm... Like the to have the senior lean on it because I'm the first wife and my ksuba predates your purchase of the field and therefore she could reclaim it. The only thing is, says the Mishnah, the kasva rishona The first wife, Miss A, um, gave a waiver to Mr. C, saying dinu devarim eli imach. I waive all claims and rights against you. I'm not coming after you. So maybe she liked him. She wanted to do a favor to him. Um, she wanted to, doesn't matter what it is, the point is, she waived rights to claim anything from this guy, um, personally. So now, um, there's a funny setup. Now, just before I get into the funny setup, let me just speak out for a second. Under normal circumstances, if a woman would say, you know, I waive rights to claim on my husband's, you know, assets, you can buy it, um, normally that's ignored, because we assume, listen, the wife, of course, wants to have a ksuba and wants to have a, some collateral behind her ksuba, and the only reason that she said she waived rights to claim on it is to satisfy her husband, you know, she wanted to make her husband happy, whatever it is, and didn't want to get into a fight with him, and that being the case, um, she might have said it, and she might have, you know, but whatever it is, but the point is, the Bezdin, we say, no, she's, we want the woman protected, and we'll just have this explanation saying the reason she waived her rights is because she was trying to make her husband happy, but really she didn't mean it. But the scenario of our case in our Mishnah therefore must be that first the husband sold the field after her saying she didn't want it to be sold. And after it's all over, and now he has the field, um, the, Mr. C has the field, then Mrs. A, the wife, says, you know what, you've always been good to me, I like you, whatever the story is, and she um, formally waives any claim against that guy. Now, the truth is also that if a woman would say she waives any claim against him, even if she write a contract that she waives claim against him, that also wouldn't be binding. Um, to be um, to transfer rights, like she has rights um, that she could claim against him, you'd need a formal Kenyan. But let's say she did that formal Kenyan. She made a formal she did a formal act of Kenyan to transfer or rescind, waive her rights to claim against this guy. So now she can't go after him personally because she waived the right to do so. So now, what's going to happen if the husband dies? So the husband dies, he leaves two wives, he has nothing, but he did have that one field, which is worth 200, which is now in the hands of Mr. C. 
Well, the first wife, Miss A, she can't claim that field back from Mr. C because she waived rights to claim anything from him. So, so she's not going to get anything at the moment. But Hashnia says the Mishnah, the second wife, Motzia Halokeach, she, the second wife, Mrs. B, now will be able to seize their property from the purchaser, Mr. C. Because Mrs. B, the second wife, will say, listen, if you're not getting it and you have no right to it, so then I'm next in line, and I have a ksuba, which predates his purchase, so therefore I'm now the senior lien holder, and therefore I'm going to get the field for myself. So Mrs. B now takes the field. But now, Harishonam Minashnia. Wife A will say, listen, I might have waived rights against Mr. C because I wanted him to be uh, successful or happy or whatever. He can, I can let him have a profit. But you're my co-wife. I don't didn't waive anything against you. And my claim to that property is senior to your claim. I'm the first wife or the second wife. And therefore, Mrs. A will now be able to seize the property from Mrs. B. But now that it's in Mrs. A's hands, Mr. C will say, wait a second, that's the field that I bought and you waived rights to claim against me. So it comes right back to me. So now we've got a circle going on. Halokech min Rishona, Mr. C, who had that waiver from Miss A, now will be able to get back the field because she waived the right to claim it from him. V'chozeres Halila, and now we go in a circle forever and ever. This asset could at least, in theory, like theoretically, go in circles, um, one after the other, after the other, after the other. And uh, no one ever gets, you know, never ends. Now, we're not suggesting for a second in the Mishnah that we're actually going to do that. Um, we're not going to go to the Bezin every Monday and Thursday and start reassigning the circle for no point. But the point is that um, we would have a, you know, we have a potential circle here that never ends. And therefore, it go, it, we're stuck until, says the Mishnah, until the three of them come up with some kind of compromise. Now, Pshara means a compromise from like the word posture, which means like, you know, medium, you know, lukewarm water. Because not too hot, not too cold. It's a middle ground. So pshara is really in contrast to what we said in the previous Mishnah, for example, where we said that um, that chokos b'shaveh, we would divide amongst the various claimants equally. That's not what the Mishnah is saying here. We're not saying each person gets a third of the field. We're saying they need to work it out amongst themselves. And the truth is, if you think about it, um, there are a few ways it could shake out where um, one, of the, one of the two wives could be left high and dry. Like, for example, there are really two possibilities. Um, one possibility is that um, Mrs. A and Mr. C make a coalition against Mrs. B, right? They say, listen, we, how do we stop this, this cycle of no one being able to hold on to the land? Mr. C says to Miss A, let's, I'll make you a deal. You can keep the field, but you have to give me some, you know, but, but give me some cash in exchange. So they do that deal where... A gets the field, and C gets some cash. Well, B can't claim on A against the field because A is senior to B. And B can't claim from Mr. C because what claim does she have to his cash? Nothing. So therefore, A could end up with the field, and B gets nothing, and C gets some, some amount of cash. Or similarly, B and C could conspire against A. And they could say, listen, you know, Mr. C, you keep the field, but give me some cash. And then... B has cash, C has a field, A can't claim from C because she waived rights against him, so that's, he keeps the field, and A can't claim from B because what claim does A have against B's money? Nothing. She's just seen her in terms of a lien holder. So there are a few things that could happen here, and therefore the Mishnah says we're not getting involved. You have to make a deal amongst yourselves, and then, you know, and then 
you know, will enforce what's what's enforceable. But the current situation is sort of it's a it's a just it's irresolvable as it is. So they come from compromise on pshara, so therefore we don't do don't do anything. They make a pshara benehem. Says the Mishnah finally, v'chen balchov, v'chen isho balaschov. The same principle can apply in other scenarios. I'll explain the first one because it's a little mechudash. The second case, I, I won't even go into it. It's really the same thing again, but I'll sum it up. So what's the v'chen balchov? The balchov case is where, um, let's say, for example, um, you have, it's, there's no women in this case here, right? It's just that some, the malva, the lender, let's say he loaned $100 to the borrower, the lova, you know, the, the owner. And the owner had, at the time, he had two fields, each one's worth 50, for a total of 100. So the loan is collateralized by his two fields, and the and he, therefore, would have, like, you know, a, a lien on those two fields. Now, let's say that this guy who borrowed the money sells one of his fields to Mr. A and one of his fields to Mr. B. So both those fields are encumbered now. And if now the lova, the borrower, would die... Or, or whatever, default, so then the malva, the lender, could say, listen to Mr. A and Mr. B, those fields are really mine, I get them because I had first lien, because I loaned against them, and that was, you know, my lien is on those fields, and I have the mortgage. But let's say, for example, that the malva, the lender, gives a waiver to the second purchaser, Mr. B, on his field. He says, he gives waves, all claim, rights against him, didn't devour mainly, so now the lender can't come to get Mr. B's field. So of course the lender will take Mr. A's field. But that only satisfies half the claim. Okay? So now the Lova, sorry, the Malva, the lender who had a claim on both fields, he'll get the field from Mr. A. But he lent 100, he only's getting back 50 of value, so there's 50 more to collect. Now Mr. A is left without a field. And Mr. A will say, wait a second, when I bought this field, there was another field. And that field was subsequently sold to Mr. B. Now, and what I'm saying here now is really the, the chiddush of this case, the extra point here, which is when A purchases a field, there's a built-in, he's like, he's maybe junior to the Malva, he may be not, but his claim, while not, well, junior to the, the original lender, is still, he still has an, a, like a, a second, a junior claim, which is if I somehow get stiffed, I might purchase this land, so I'm collateralized by the other field, the field that ends up in B's hand. So now that B got that field, so A can turn to B and say, listen, my field's been snatched away from me by the lender because he was like the senior lien holder. But I'm like a junior and I, if 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 the if that guy's not claiming the field for himself from you, which he's not because he gave you a waiver, I'm claiming it for myself. So A then could take B's field to make himself whole again. So B's left with nothing. But now the original lender says, wait a second, I never gave any waiver to Mr. A and he's got another field which I have a lien on. So therefore, the lender will now take that field from A, making himself whole. But then Mr. B will turn to the lender and say, wait a second, that field that you now have, originally was mine, and you gave me a waiver, you wouldn't come after it, so give it right back to me. So the field then goes back to Mr. B, and then we go in a circle, then B gives it to A, and A gives it to the lender, and the lender gives it to B, in a circle forever. So the same story. So similarly, nothing will be resolved until they come up with a pshara amongst themselves, and again, you could come up with ways where um, one of the, depending on what they agree with, one of the different landholders could be um, left high and dry with nothing. Um, important in that case, and that's Misha's case here, I want to make sure it's clear, it's clear, this only is true, so this is, I'm now making an important footnote to the Chiddush that I pointed out before, this only works where the field that A has isn't enough to satisfy, like the two, only the two fields together combine to the value 
of the original loan. Because if hypothetically, and this is here, this is a kiddish, it wasn't, I didn't, it's a new, a new point. If hypothetically the loan was for 100 and each field is worth 100. So when A buys it, the first field, um, so, and then, and then B buys the second field, even if there's a waiver involved, um, when A comes to, when the lender comes to collect his field from A, A will say, what are you talking about? When I bought my field, there was another field that was owned by the borrower, and I left that field as to make sure that your original loan is fully collateralized. So that is your first port of call. Like on the on the stack, you know, I'm, I'm, you have to first go, you have to first go to to that piece of property before my property. Otherwise, nobody would ever buy property if they were like could always be claimed at first. So, since Mr. A would say, "Listen, I left a piece of property that fully collateralized your loan, and now Mr. B has it. Go and get it." And if the lender says, "Well, I gave B a waiver," A will say, "Listen, you're an idiot. <laughs> no one told you to give him a waiver. You gave him a waiver. It's your problem. But you can't come take my land because you wanted to be nice to Mr. B." So that wouldn't wouldn't work. So the case for our Mishnah is, like I said, where it's the two lands together which add up to the amount of the loan. And finally, the Mishnah says, "V'chein isha balas chov." The same would be true if you're talking about. Um, instead of two women or two, you know, two a, a lender, you can have a woman. A woman, let's say, is a woman is a person A, and the lender is person B. Whatever the story is, the same exact setup would go because a woman, her claim as her ksuba is the same as a creditor, say, having an IOU in his hand. It's all all the same kind of setup could be drawn, and the same kind of you know situation could be had if you have a waiver, etc.